I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of the space. Slopes a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Takes a shot. Here's Corey Davis, wide open. Davis. Still going, and he's in for the touchdown. He'll hit immediately. He got the handoff. You know that's the Q&A. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studios, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And with the draft finally in the books, it's time to hear about everything that went on behind the scenes, some things that happened and we can get the details on why they happened and then some things that almost happened and didn't with our friend who has all the goods on this stuff and that's why I'm glad that he joins us all the time. Mr. Nick Spano, co-founder over at U Stadium. Nick, what a wild couple of days the draft ended up being. As much fun as it was, I am exhausted. <laughs> yeah. I hear you, man. And it's uh it's sad to see it go. Like I don't know, I found myself on Sunday morning kind of sitting there like, well, what now? You know, cause I was kind of hoping for like, you know, round eight or something or, you know, maybe you know, a couple more picks or maybe air like the undrafted free agency part, you know, just to kind of keep the juices flowing because, you know, now we go into such a dead period really until uh, the summer and camps start to ramp up. But it was fun. The Jets, Jets really did a good job with the draft and it was a really like the first round I found was like really exciting. Like, I don't know if you felt the same way. I know, we, you know, obviously with the show, you're real preoccupied, but between the trades and some of the picks and um, it just felt good to have like a real draft after that weird one last year, even though with this Roger Goodell chair thing was definitely a big swing in the miss by the NFL. <laughs> um, I thought everything else was really fun and 
you know, when the Jets are picking well, it's even more fun. So I thought it was it was awesome. And uh, the draft show was great. And you crushed it, man. Like being on the air for five straight hours is not easy. Um, and, you know, between you, Luke and Kayla and all the guests, obviously CJ, Jameson, Hunter, even though there's some technical difficulties, Iffy getting picked, which was awesome. So um, everything was, was really cool. And I think the entire draft period between – you know, obviously play like the jet, play like a jet live and um, doing everything in between all the shows was awesome. And it was, you know, I think it paid off with a really good jets draft. So at least we don't have to remember all the hard work everybody put in with the draft where they kind of shit the bed. So it was good to kind of, I guess we were rewarded with a, uh, a good draft class. I appreciate that brother. And I will say that it was a lot of fun, but as you said, exhausting five hours, but they rewarded the time because they really did a good job, especially in the first couple of rounds. The Elijah Vera Tucker trade up wasn't a total shock because we knew that Joe Douglas had been discussing trade up scenarios. We weren't sure exactly who it was going to be for, but Vera Tucker certainly high on the list of suspicion. Tell me about what you learned as far as what the Jets would have done if they weren't able to make a trade up. Yeah, so just actually this morning, you know, I was texting around just trying to see, you know, it's always fun to hear about the moves that didn't happen just to kind of second guess, obviously, and play the what if game. And um, it actually started Thursday morning, draft morning, where me, my brothers, and uh, we went out to play golf. I was like, look, I want to just pass the time because obviously that, that wait from, you know, when you wake up till 8 p.m., I'm sure everybody feels the same. It's like Christmas morning waiting for your parents to get up <laughs> so you can run down and open gifts, right? It feels like forever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, let's go play some golf and pass the time a little bit. And then basically as you know, we were ending up, I was, you know, kind of on the, the last few holes, I was getting anxious. So I was like, all right, let, let's get out of here. You know, I was starting to get some texts. I was texting a few people in the cart, you know, sitting there. I was totally distracted. Um so I texted, I was like, hey, what, what's the latest? Like, what's going on? Is there uh, any possibility? Like, are they trading up, down? Um, and I heard, like, yeah, they're, they're, they're going to trade. Like, there's going to be a trade. So um, didn't know who, for who or if it was up or down. Didn't really get any information. That's why I didn't report on it. You know, I didn't post anything. But um, had a good feeling that there was going to be a trade somewhere. I didn't think they were going to go all the way up to 14. And, you know, I know a lot of people saying that, you know, they gave up a lot. I didn't think so. You know, I, I, even watching when I saw that they were on the clock, you know, when the, the trade post came up, I was like, oh, my God, what did they give up? You know, going from 23 to 14 after seeing what the Bears just gave up to move up for fields. I was like, oh, I hope they didn't give up like a two next year or something. Or <clears throat> um, then when I saw two threes, I was like, OK, you know, a little steep. I would have liked to keep one. And then I saw they got the fourth back. I was like, wow, you know, like that's great value. I know the jets, if you put it to the, you know, the value chart, if you know, really you go by that. Um, I know the jets probably overpaid a little bit, but I don't think, you know, with the plethora of picks they have this year, they had this year and next year. Um, I don't think it was anything where, you know, you found yourself saying like, man, we gave up too much to go up. But um, if they would have stayed at, at 23, the three names that I, I was told they were deciding between was believe it or not, Elijah Moore, uh, Kevin Jenkins and Najee Harris. No particular order, um, but those are the the three names, you know, at the top of their board. And um, clearly, they were thrilled when Elijah slipped. I thought for sure he was either going to New Orleans, Green Bay, or Buffalo. So when you know, obviously, 
you pick 14 and you're, you know, hoping when it gets to 34, there's still some, you know, whether it's quality offensive linemen or, uh, you know, the cornerbacks. I know a lot of people had their eye on. I didn't expect it to be a corner. I, I expected, you know, I, I heard that it was going to be offense, but, you know, back of my mind, I didn't believe it just because the Jets never do that. Um, but, you know, I, I was told that they weren't focused on corner early, didn't love the, the edge class much, um, you know, and maybe next year is where they kind of go all in on, you know, pick, adding, you know, adding some more premium pieces for, for Sala. They wanted to rightfully so support Zach Wilson, you know, right out of the gate. So, um, you know, obviously Vera Tucker, as you heard from Douglas, was a red star player, a, you know, top 10 player on their board. Um, and the move to go up and get him was uh, a great move by him not to give up too, too much. Um, you know, and, and I don't think there's a Jeff fan around who, at least if they're, you know, not thrilled about it, um, they can understand why they did it. So uh, hats off to Joe and, and Sala and the entire coaching staff and scouting department that made it happen because uh, I think, you know, it's hard to find a team who did better than the Jets. Obviously, they picked twice and only two or three other teams did that. But, you know, when you look at the Jaguars and the Dolphins, what they did with their two picks, you know, ETN, head scratcher, Dolphins coming away with Waddle and Jalen Phillips. I mean, they're nice players, but they, that doesn't really scare me as a Jet fan, to be totally honest with you. You know, looking at Zach Wilson and, and Vera Tucker, to me, is much more stronger than any of the other teams with, with multiple first-round picks. So um, I think – you know, you have to be thrilled with what the Jets did when you look at it as a whole. We can deduce for sure that the Jets had Elijah Moore ahead of Tevin Jenkins on their board because both yeah. of them were available at 34 and the Jets chose Elijah Moore. We can't say for sure about Najee Harris, but it did sound like Elijah Moore would have been the pick at 23 unless Elijah Vera Tucker had slipped there unexpectedly. But I want to know about the rest of this draft. I have a feeling that they probably would have taken Michael Carter with one of those third-round picks if they hadn't traded away both of them. Instead, he slips to them in the fourth round. So they get Elijah Moore at number 34, a guy that they very likely would have taken at number 23. And then they get Michael Carter in the fourth round at number 107 with a pick that they very likely would have made at the end of the third round with that Seattle pick. So it all sort of seemed to work out for Joe Douglas. He made that aggressive trade, but still got two of the players that he really wanted. Yeah, it really worked out for them. And I can tell you straight up and it can, you know, if, if people are worried about it, Vera Tucker had no chance of being there at 23 because there were at least three teams who were pissed to see the Jets make that trade. And one team actually was the Vikings who were going to take him at 14 if they didn't, uh, agreed to terms on a deal. And then the team were the Raiders and the Giants. Um, he was in consideration at 11 when they made the trade up. So obviously they, they wanted Devonta Smith. Um, Eagles jumped them for him. When that happened, it was either going to be Vera Tucker or a trade back. So, you know, if you're sitting there and you're one of those Jeff fans who want to just kind of look at everything so negatively, um, there was no shot he fell to 23. Um, and then on to the, the more Tevin Jenkins, I, I think, I, I don't know if it'd be a hundred percent. They would go with more because obviously they were both on the board at 34 and they went with more. I wonder if, because they already shared up the offensive line, you know, with Vera Tucker. So Vera Tucker was taken, 
and the conversation was more in Jenkins and you didn't have that offensive lineman yet, maybe, maybe there would have been a different discussion. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know who they had ranked higher. And obviously it worked out where we got uh, the best guard in the draft and still ended up with Elijah Moore. So, um, but the, the Michael Carter, you know, story, they, they loved him, you know, from the start and, um, he was somebody who they really wanted. Uh, I spoke with, you know, on, on timeout with you stadium, we had Connor Rogers on a couple of weeks ago and he spoke about how they really liked this, you know, mid round running back class didn't have to, um, you know, take one early. I know a lot of people thought Javonta Williams was in consideration at 34 and he probably was, you know, I know they liked him as well. Um, but it probably would have been a little bit too early for, for my blood. Like even, you know, I was sitting there discussing, you know, watching with, you know, some buddies and uh, my brothers and whatnot. You know, you think like, oh, should 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 they take Javon? Do they take Elijah? Do they take, you know, Ojolari? You know, do they get a corner? Um, you know, and I just kept saying, I just think it's too early. You know, I like the, I like the mid-round Carter, Gainwell, you know, that group of running backs. And um, it seemed like if you listen to that little short video from, from Sala that, you know, the Jets were just kind of crossing their fingers waiting for that third round to end to uh, to lock in Michael Carter at the, the top of the fourth round. And it sounds like he's thrilled to uh, come here. And I, I really like his game. Um, and he would also, I don't know if it's coincidental or if it's on purpose, but Lavernius Coles announces the Elijah Moore pick receivers. Then you, when Leon Washington got up there at the top of the fourth round, me and my brother were like, Oh, it's Michael Carter. Like, no doubt about it. Like, I don't know if it's a coincidence or not, but um, just funny how that happens. I think, didn't Pennington announce uh, a pe- or, I forgot who Pennington announced a couple of years ago, but it seems like every time a certain player comes up, it's a, it's that position, it seems like. It does seem to work itself out that way, but the Jets (laughs) in the first four rounds got lucky a couple of times. As we said, Elijah Moore, when they might have taken him at 23, he makes it to 34. Michael Carter, when they would have taken him in the third, he makes it to the fourth. After that, it kind of got a little bit weird. It felt to (laughs) me like basically what they decided was, and you had heard this from a lot of different people. Daniel Jeremiah said this, that in talking to teams, they only had, say, three or four rounds worth of players that they really had true grades on because of everything that was going on. And so after that, there were just so many players with questions that the Jets collected a bunch of picks and decided to just throw a bunch of darts at the wall with defensive players. Just here, Robert Sala, pick who you like with the rest of these picks. Is that more or less what happened with the Jets? Because it sure felt that way. Yeah, see, I mean, I, I don't know. It does seem like that. And I'm not going to lie and say I was thrilled with some of the, the day three picks. Um, I thought they could have gone in some different avenues and there were some definitely better players, in my opinion, you know, from just you know, studying the draft and going through the process and ranking guys. Like I had some of some guys ranked a lot higher. I, I didn't even have any grades on two of the five guys as draftable grades. And like, I mean, who am I? It's just, you know, my opinion of it. Um, so I was definitely disappointed at a few picks, not going to lie, but I didn't obviously let it, you know, take over or, you know, take away from what the jets did as a whole. Um, but I thought getting Hamza Nazaruddin in the in the sixth round was a steal. I didn't even know he was on the board still. Um, I had him as a third round grade, and I liked Mark, Michael Carter the second. So I like that that as a slot corner. But 
Um, the Sherwood, the Pinnock, the Eccles, and the Marshall pick, I, I would have definitely gone another way. I was I found myself like falling in love with Ben Mason, uh, the fullback slash tight end from Michigan, and all those like weird trade backs where they weren't even you know picking up any excess picks. They were kind of just moving back in an earlier round to move up a little bit in the later round, which never really made much sense to me. Um, and then Mason goes like two picks ahead of them to the Ravens of all teams who have Patrick Ricard and Nick Boyle already. Um, and now, you know, obviously it's a fullback. I'm not going to lose sleep over it, but uh, he was kind of one of those uh, like favorites of mine that I, <laughs> I was kind of, I penciled it in almost every mock that I put together. Um, and it was just funny because when the draft, you know, when the, when the selections kept coming in, it was safety, safety, you know, even though Sherwood and, and Nasruddin look like they're going to be moved to more of like a hybrid, like, seems like Sala like was was once he missed out on Keanu Neal he was just trying to find that Keanu Neal in the draft <laughs> so you saw like safety safety defensive back um then of course and it wouldn't be a Jets draft without an interior defensive lineman being drafted so they sent you out with that in the seventh round but to be honest with you the the, the undraft and I know it's a long shot and I know everybody gets excited about the undrafted free agents every year and rarely um does any of them make a true impact? Even though that, even from last year, there were a few guys that kind of you you know raise an eyebrow a bit. Uh, Bryce Huff, uh, Javelin Gidry, you know some of those guys made a little bit of an impact. But watch out for Kenny Yaboa, the tight end. The Jets are, are were really excited to get him. They they actually won the bidding war for him. Um, as soon as the draft ended, I texted about him you know to an agent that I know, um, and they were like, yeah, like there's like six or eight teams are trying to get this guy. And I was actually a little surprised when, when the Jets were the team to outbid, you know, I know the Cardinals, I know the Raiders were after him. Um, I think the Ravens and the Panthers were in on him. And um, I think he has a legit shot to not only make the team, but actually have an impact this year. Um, I hear a lot of good things about him. So really excited to see what comes about him, you know, in camp and, how he can fit in with, with this offense. And, um, you know, it's not like the Jets are loaded with talent at tight end. I don't think anybody's in love with Chris Herndon anymore. So um, I'm, I'm excited to see him. And, and and Hamilcar is another interesting player. First round grade, second round grade. Uh, if he would have came out a year ago and found himself undrafted. Um, and we'll see what Salah can get out of him. <clears throat> so, um, and then Isaiah Dunn, the, the Oregon State corner is another guy. But I think those two... Uh, Rashid and, and Yaboa, I would definitely watch out for it to have more of an impact than most of these, you know, day three picks that they made. So um, overall, when you kind of include the, the undrafted guys into the class, uh, the Jets did a really, really good job yesterday or this weekend. So a lot to be excited about. Yaboa has local roots. Remember, he's from Rhode Island, mm-hmm. so East Coast. Plus, he played at Temple originally before transferring to Ole Miss. And I don't think that it's a coincidence that he came here with Elijah Moore. He really thinks highly of Moore. If you go and look at his Twitter timeline and even talk to people around there, even though he was with Moore for only one year, Elijah Moore had a huge impact on him the same way that Elijah Moore had a huge impact on A.J. Brown. If you saw that video of A.J. Brown becoming very emotional at the drafting 
of Elijah Moore, you know that even though they spent one year together, they really did become very close. And I think the same thing happened with Yaboa. And I wouldn't discount that at all as one of the motivating factors for why he decided to come to the Jets. But Nick, beyond the Jets, there were a lot of other interesting storylines and things that went down as far as what these teams almost did or what they did. What's some of the juiciest buzz that you've been hearing about what went down over the last couple of days? I think, you know, the the Eagles-Cowboys trade was interesting to see those two trade. And obviously, not only were, were they involved, but the third team in the NFC East, the Giants, were heavily involved, obviously, because the Eagles jumped the Giants, who, who really wanted Devonta. Um, and then it turns out, in my opinion, the Giants, if they, if they would have stayed at 12 or 11, I forget where they were, um, and took Devonta, I think they would have been in worse shape overall than – you know, with the Eagles trades, so the Eagles trade forced them to add an extra one and four plus take Kadarius Tony, who I'm a fan of at 20. I know a lot of people thought it was early, he probably was a little bit early, but um, you could tell the the type of player that they were, were targeting there. Um, so I think they, they did really good the giants. And I know Jeff fans don't want to hear that obviously, but it's okay. We can, you know, give credit where it's due and, you know, don't worry. The jets did better in my opinion. Um, the Dolphins were, were a team that was trying to get up to, to take a running back. Um, and then, again, they were jumped for a running back in the second round by the Broncos, Javonta uh, uh, Williams. Um, they were set to pick him in the, in the uh, top of the second. And uh, Denver, I think, traded with Atlanta uh, to 35 to jump them. And then it seemed to me like a little bit of a panic pick by the Dolphins taking Javon Holland as a for safety there. I didn't love that pick by then. Um, and then, you know, the Eagles are always an interesting team. The Raiders just taking three safeties, uh, another interesting team. The Cardinals get their uh, playmaker that they were really looking for, Rondell Moore. I thought them taking Zayvon Collins, I liked the player. I thought that was a little bit of an odd pick there. Um, and the whole, like, you know, the quarterback kind of movement, even on day two and uh, in, into day four, uh, three when the Saints took Ian Book was really weird in the fourth round. Um Obviously, Kyle Trask going to Tampa, Davis Mills to the Texans. Um, some some strange pick. I thought the Jaguars had a very strange draft. And the, the weirdest pick to me was Jackson Carmen, offensive tackle from Clemson, going to the Bengals in the second round. It was almost as if, like, you know, they, they like, panicked because they got Chase over Sewell and they felt like they needed to, to, to get a tackle at that point. And I don't think Jackson Carmen's any good, to be honest. But um, – it seems like to it seem if you look really throughout the the draft, it was so many big school players um, that were obviously because they played last year. The tape was more available. People have more connects within bigger schools, and obviously more resources to uh, do a little more of the satellite uh, satellite uh, health checkups and whatnot. So um, that that was interesting to me. Um, trying to. Think I think what the Chiefs did, obviously getting Creed Humphrey late, getting Trey Smith late, um, they were just kind of sitting back and just taking best player available all over the place. And obviously, you can do that when you're a back-to-back Super Bowl appearance, one win, <laughs> you know. So, uh, you know, there there were a few teams that I, I thought did really well. Um, like I think the Lions did really well. I think obviously the Bears um, did well. They did really well on day uh, day three too. Um, there are a few other teams like the Browns obviously did great. 
thought the Ravens were, were solid giants um, chargers. So obviously I, I don't really love the, the grades, you know, when you <laughs> teams go and give grades and I saw someone on Twitter and I was obviously tweeted at him cause I can't help myself, but gave the jets a D like, do you know how bad you have to draft to get a D the day of like, you have to have as bad of a draft as the, the Raiders did. And if you ask anybody around the league who, you know, will objectively give you an opinion on what happened, eight or nine out of 10 of them will say the Jets were one of the best drafting teams this weekend. It's just obvious to give them a D. It just is like, I mean, I don't know why I got wrapped up into it, to be honest with you. I just thought it was kind of funny how someone can, can say the Jets drafted so poorly that you would give them a D. Like, I don't care how much you hate Zach Wilson, take him out of it. And they still had a really good draft. So um, some head scratchers, a lot by the Raiders. Uh, Jacksonville, Walker Little, I thought was really early too. Um, but overall, you know, I think there were a lot of teams who, who, who did really well. Um, and the teams that usually do well did well. So not surprising. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Some of the players that slid, Trey Smith, Deontay mm. Brown, Kenny Gainwell, a lot of the guys we talked about before that weren't even drafted. You got any stories about why some of these guys slid? Yeah, I think, you know, with Deontay Brown, he's very system specific. Obviously, he's massive. Um, and a lot of these teams are like, they want to get a little bit more athletic and quicker. Uh, and he's more of a, you know, if it was like 1998, he probably would have been the first round pick, you know, over Vera Tucker, but um, very system, you know, specific and 
Uh, I don't even know if he truly fits what the Panthers do. I just think it was a great value for them, and they took him there. Trey Smith, I mean, you have to think it has to do with the, the blood clot issues that he had because he was healthy, didn't have any medical issues. And when you put the tape on, this guy is probably third or fourth best interior lineman in the draft. And for him to fall all the way to the late sixth round, you know, and, and that's what pisses me off the most about the draft. Like you have a guy like him and, and you're taking these smaller school guards, you know, these, these tweeners, these like, you know, flex guys. And this guy has done nothing but put, put good tape together in the sec against some of the best pass rushers in football as good of a guy as you want a leader and he's falling into the late six and you have teams, you know, the jets should have taken him. I don't care if he doesn't fit what they do. You make him fit. He's a good football player. And I, and I don't want to pick on the, I say the jets because we obviously are obsessed with the offensive line. We're all jet fans here who are listening. You know, we should have taken him over our, our eighth defensive back that we drafted who's probably not going to make the team. You know, the, the scouts and, and these coaches, they just, they overthink this stuff. You know, it's like someone wants to be the smartest guy in the room by taking this hybrid safety who they can turn into a linebacker or, um, you know, this, this tackle who plays all five spots on the line. Like Trey Smith is a football player and you're telling me he can't play for the Jets or the Jaguars or, uh, the Falcons or the Dolphins, but the Chiefs could use him. Like, come on. The the reason I don't care that the guy was clear to play. You pick him on day three early. Um, honestly, he should have been one of the fourth round picks for the Jets. But anyway, I'm not going to harp on that. Um, honestly, Yaboa not getting drafted is another crazy one. I mean, the guy's skill set fits basically any offensive system he can catch the ball he can block he's a willing blocker he's he's not gonna he's not tommy tremble but he's gonna block um and he's getting better you know with more reps and more you know more pass catching opportunities uh there were at least like six tight ends who went above him that were a joke to be honest um so i was sitting there like crossing my fingers again that we would take him in the sixth round and luckily they were able to get him there um, and who, who else was the one that fell? Uh, Jabril Cox, you know, is an interesting one. I asked about him. Um, Jets didn't have, <clears throat> Jets didn't have him on their draft board. Uh, I don't, I don't like to call players soft because like they're world-class athletes and they would knock any of any one of, of us out who called them soft in the street. Um, but, 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 you know, people I, talked to said you know he's not exactly in love with contact you know to put it nicely so um but he was athletic and there is a shoulder issue what i didn't hear is why jok fell to the browns in the second round i mean you were sitting there so many teams you were like all right he's a really good fit for this team didn't take him all right he's definitely going to go here didn't take him um and then and then the browns move up for him and i thought the browns crushed it again um, and it's crazy to see how they've just kind of turned the switch, like flicked the switch and become like a legitimate franchise all of a sudden. Um, so hopefully the Jets can kind of follow in, in their footsteps here. But um, he was he was an, an interesting name. And I thought Asante Samuel Jr. fell a little bit, and I thought it was the, the Chargers did well to get him. 
Nick Spano, co-founder of U Stadium. Thanks so much for coming on. As always, really appreciate it. It wasn't a five-hour stream like we did the other day, <laughs> but I still think that we did a lot to enlighten everybody about some of the things that went down behind the scenes and some of the gossip of what could have happened and what almost happened. For those that want to be in the loop all the way year-round because football is now a 365-day-a-year sport, they've got to do one thing. And one thing only, right, Nick? And that is download the app. Yes, download the app, turn on the notifications, do all that fun stuff, subscribe to the YouTube and check in with all the shows. And you know, now we hit a little bit of a dead period, but we do have that second portion of free agency now with some veterans. And I would not be surprised if the Jets are active in getting one of the corners because they obviously didn't draft one early. So they definitely need some, some bodies in there. Steven Nelson, please sign Steven Nelson. <laughs> I'm, I'm with my you. hands right now. Please sign Steven Nelson. But <laughs> make sure that you download U Stadium because if the Jets or somebody else does sign Steven Nelson, you could find out about it first. And make sure that, as Nick said, you're checking out the U Stadium YouTube and our YouTube for Play Like a Jet. If you check out the U Stadium YouTube, you will see Play Like a Jet live every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock with Clayton Smarslock and Luke Grant. If you check our YouTube, you're going to see a lot of great videos that Luke's been posting. He's got one up right now with a film breakdown of Elijah Moore and why he's such a dynamic weapon. Funny thing is, and I've been telling people about this and laughing, our most watched video now has almost 10,000 views and it's a video of Kendrick Green and why he's such a monster in the zone blocking scheme. And the reason why there are 10,000 views on that is because Steelers fans found it. And so now Steelers fans are going and looking at Luke's videos, but we're going to be putting up a bunch of videos of players that the Jets drafted because in the lead up, we did some prospects that we liked that we wanted people to see a little bit more of. But now that we know exactly who the Jets have, we'll have plenty of breakdowns there on our YouTube channel. So if you haven't subscribed yet, please go ahead and do that. And also give us a five-star review on iTunes if you haven't done that already. It's an easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcast and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family 
cannolis and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.